This is After School on Core 77. I'm Don Lehman. Our guest today is Gary Hustwit, the documentarian behind the Design Trilogy, which features the films Helvetica, Objectified, and Urbanized. We talk about the trilogy and the new book he has up on Kickstarter, The Complete Interviews, featuring full-length and unedited interviews from those films. Stay tuned. And so you're next to the, uh, the Kickstarter construction that's going on right now. Our, yeah, our offices are in, um, in Greenpoint, and that's um, right next door to, uh, to the Kickstarter office that they've been working on for like nine, nine months now. Yeah, and which is kind of funny because now you've got a Kickstarter project going, and I guess you're right next door to yeah. them working on their project, which is kind of cool. Yeah, well, they're not. They're not. Te- they're not. They haven't moved in yet, but their um, right. you know, their workers are. But it was funny because when we were filming the video, we kept getting interrupted by the construction noise for the yeah for their <laughs> for their project. That's so, awesome. That's ironic. Yeah. So uh, I'm just gonna jump into it. Um, sure. So I've seen you claim in numerous interviews that you weren't a design geek or even a filmmaker prior to starting Helvetica. Well, I was def- I was definitely a design geek <laughs> um, before I started Helvetica. I mean, which is one of the reasons that that I wanted to make the film. I wasn't a designer per se. I mean, I, I try to um, you know do some graphic design, and I've and I've fooled around with um, designing fonts uh, back in the in the nineties. Um, but I was you know in no way a professional designer. I was more of a, a fan of of graphic design and then also kind of product design and, and architecture and stuff like that. But, um, but no, I wasn't, a pro- I wasn't a professional, uh, you know, in that, in any of these areas before I started the first, the first film. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's interesting. You're doing sort of design work, creating fonts. And I, I think you were working at a, uh, kind of a punk rock label back in the late eighties, you know, making kind of promotional type materials for bands, but you, you still didn't really consider yourself a designer at that point. Well, it's like graphic design was something that I did to to you know help other project you, know, you know projects that I was doing. Like yeah. I was promoting a concert or helping a band release a record. You know, there might be some very you know light of uh, you know Macintosh work involved, but um, it was always uh, in the service of some other project. I wasn't just doing graphic design for for other people or for you know um, a, 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 as a, as a profession. Yeah. Uh, but but it was always a thread that ran through you know anything I was doing, whether it was starting a label or or creating an event or you know doing um, kind of early web project. Uh, you know, I, in a lot of time, a lot of cases, you just didn't have a budget to go hire somebody um, to do it, so you just sort of had to do it yourself. So I'm kind of self-taught on, on that front, but, right. but, uh, but I wasn't, you know, I was never very good. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm, I think I'm better at recognizing when other people are, are good at <laughs> yeah. design. Well, that's, I mean, that's a pretty great talent too, just to be able to do that. Um, when you, so, but when you started Helvetica, you, you hadn't really done 
you weren't really a filmmaker at that point yet either. You had been involved in producing stuff, but maybe yeah. not. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd helped produce uh, a couple of music documentaries before that because my background was in um, in independent music, and in um, 2001, I, I started a, a a company to kind of release. Uh, independent films on DVD, sort of like an independent record label, but for, for movies and, uh, and just started, you know, trying to release cool independent films and, you know, some music projects kind of came our way naturally. Um, the first one was the Wilco documentary. I'm trying to break your heart, mm-hmm. which is in 2002. And, um, and through the experience of helping make that film, uh, you know, uh, from, from a producer standpoint, and then making a couple other music documentaries, I kind of learned enough about that process to to kind of think, well, I, c- I could do this. You know, what would I really want to watch? Like what documentaries are, are you know, are, are not out there that I really think should be. And um, graphic design and, and typography was just something I really wanted to watch a documentary about. And at the time, it just didn't exist. So that was how Helvetica was born. Yeah. Well, I mean, you say you, just, you were just going to go do this or but I mean you were kind of were training yourself to work at like a very high level and you've kind of mentioned that you have the ability to see you know kind of you you have a taste level that you can evaluate you know what you like and what you don't like and obviously your taste level is pretty high because the quality of your movies are pretty high um but how did you go about training yourself to work at that level while essentially doing it right on the job like what were you what were you doing to kind of get up to that level um Filmmaking is uh, one of those things that you get to rely on so many other people's work. I mean, as a director, you're you're essentially a project manager, um, and as long as you kind of have some sort of vision of what you want the project to be, it, it, it's it's more about kind of rallying a team of of, of great creative people to, to kind of help help make that a reality. So, um, I mean, I was lucky to hook up with a, a really great cinematographer uh, early on uh, in Luke Geisbuehler. And he, he actually came from a family of graphic designers, of Swiss graphic designers. Um, a good, when, good resource when, to have. I know. <laughs> I was looking for a, a cinematographer for Helvetica and I saw that in his bio and I'm like, oh, this is, this is too good. This, you know, this guy must kind of have some, you know, um, design DNA. And, um, and he did. And, 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 you know, that, that, that is a big part of it. I mean, um, you know, getting great people to work with you is, is the, is the most important, <laughs> um, you know, talent of, of, of a director or, or, or film producer, I think. And then and that goes all the way, all the way through the production to, you know, the music and the editing. Um, you just try to get really, really good people involved and, and let them, express their creativity through what you're doing. So you're kind of steering a big ship. You kind of sort of know the, the, the destination and the direction, but um, really it's all these other people that are, you know, um, putting their work into it and you're just trying to kind of make adjustments into the, you know, the, 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 the final destination. Mm-hmm. Were, were you surprised by the cohesiveness and the, and the scope of the story that you got by following the history of a typeface did you know that story was there before you started i knew that story was there um just from reading you know graphic design magazines and emma gray and things like that for 
for you know ten years before before I made the film. Um, I, I didn't expect the uh, the response to the film that that you know the response that the film got. I, I think when I had the idea for the film, I, I kind of could see that the that cohesiveness in it already. Um, you know, originally, you know, I, I just saw those kind of the, the the outdoor kind of street shooting in the film of like logos and signs and things like that using Helvetica in different cities, and 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 you know, when I first came up with the idea, I was like, oh, that's a great structure. You know, we can go to these different cities. You get to see all these, you know, little uses of Helvetica out, outside, um, and then you get to talk to somebody in that city about about type or about Helvetica or, or whatever. So um, it, it just seemed like a really simple structure to 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 ask a lot of questions and to kind of explore, you know, how type affects our lives and and also, um, you know, find out who who are these people who do it. Uh, and, and, you know, once I kind of had that concept in, in, in my head, it was pretty easy to kind of just go out and, 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 you know, and make it. Yeah. Um, did, did you feel pressure to capture the story before some of the main players, uh, you know, in, in the, the creation of this thing, you know, this, this font were, were gone? You know, because you're at the right point in history to kind of get the full scope, you know. Yeah, I I, I actually think about that a lot because I, I think there are, and, and not just in design, but in music and 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 you know any other any other field that I'm interested in, um, there is uh, that sense of, you know, if if I'm if I'm just thinking about this and, and I don't do anything about it, and then you know. In two months, I read an obituary about this person. I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna be so angry at myself, and 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 you know that I didn't, I didn't just do it. And that's happened a few times, um, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when before I started making Helvetica, there was there was not that many designer um, interviews being done, uh, you know, on film or or video. Um, period of you know current designers or, 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 you know, the, the kind of, you know, the older generation of designers, there just wasn't that much out there. I mean, Hillman Curtis was doing his artist series about the same time that, that I was um, starting work on Helvetica. Um, but that was really it. So, you know, I, I think, you know, originally I was just kind of like, God, why aren't all these people, you know, like Massimo Vignelli and, you know, I, I was kind of shocked. I was like, Matthew Carter has never been on, uh, <laughs> you know, has never been interviewed on camera. He's worked in in type for 50 years and, you know, is one of the greatest living typographers, um, you know, or Herman Zapp or, or, or any of these people. It just seemed um, insane that, that no one had, had, had gone out and, and, you know, sat down and talked to them about what they do. So that definitely drove me. Um, and again, it's that kind of, paranoia once you <laughs> once you think of it and and you know and some of these designers are are getting up there in years you 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 just feel like you need to do it now because if you don't maybe nobody will yeah yeah so helvetica goes on to be a massive success probably you know, i don't know what your expectations were prior to releasing the film but you know <laughs> i mean I, I remember my parents finding it on netflix and telling me about it and I was going, how did you know about this? Um, 
so at what point did you decide that you were going to make uh, a design trilogy? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't expecting the, the response that it, that it, um, that it, it got in hind in hindsight, it's, I think it's perfectly understandable. I mean, there's just so many design students and professional designers and, and, you know, um, you know, this older generation of designers and, People just had been waiting for a, a um, you know, a film about what they did. Uh, but then, you know, fonts and, you know, graphic design in general had also crossed over to this, you know, bigger mass, um, you know, base of people that use fonts every day. So, you know, 15 years ago, I, I just don't think that, that your mom would have known what Helvetica was or what a font was unless she's a graphic designer. <laughs> but, um, I mean, most people didn't know what, what they were. Um, and it was just at that time when it was really, um, had, had really crossed over into kind of mainstream knowledge, what the names of fonts were and, and, you know, people had a favorite font and, you know, were beginning to express themselves that way. So, uh, and, but, then, so, and then, so at what point did you, kind of realize that a design trilogy well, would be something I mean, you wanted to do. I, th I think after just th experiencing the reception to Helvetica and, and, and having the opportunity to travel and I went to a hundred different cities around the world to show the film and, um, and just, just thinking more about, you know, okay, well other areas of design that affect our lives and, and the fact that I, I wanted to do another film, um, which is kind of where objectified came from. Um, and it wasn't until I had started shooting Objectified, kind of maybe midway through the process, that that I was, you know, kind of, um, you know, thinking to myself, oh, wow, this feels a lot like Helvetica. I mean, kind of I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> Again, it's a different subject, but, I mean, the same people, the you know, same crew and cinematographer and, you know, every, everyone's here. It's we feels very much like an extension of, of Helvetica. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point, I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah, I should just embrace that and and um, and make it make it a sequel. And that's I had done so much traveling at that point. Either again going to a hundred cities to show Helvetica, um, and then you know going to more cities to make Objectified. That the the kind of topic of urban design and and cities in general was was something I was I was you know experiencing kind of firsthand. And I just sort of saw that little progression in, in my head. It wasn't meant to be this, you know, powers of 10 zoom out from the, you know, the little font to the objects, to the cities, but that's just kind of how it, how it turned out. Yeah. And, um, and they were all, you know, they're all three subjects that I was really, you know, passionately interested in and, and wanted to spend time exploring. So it sort of made sense. Um, the idea of a trilogy also gave me kind of a way out after, yeah. after urbanized because, um, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm still, you know, really interested in design, but you know, I'm not a designer, I'm a filmmaker. And there, there are so many more kind of areas of film and types of films that I that I want to try. Um, it just seemed like a very sort of, I don't know, uh, clean way to kind of, you know, do these films, which felt like, you know, again, films that I, that I sort of had to make because they were just obsessing me. The idea of them was was obsessing me. Uh, and then, you know, be able to kind of explore other areas and maybe come back to design, you know, down the road. Right. Did did the pressure change for you? I mean, it sounds like, you know, I think 
your idea of creating a trilogy to kind of you know kind of put this neat bow on on the on the three movies and give yourself an exit uh in a in a sense you know kind of makes sense but i'm wondering you know if part of that was you know i'm wondering uh because there weren't these design resources before you know was there did you feel pressure from this community that you were sort of tangentially related to because i you know i remember helvetica comes out and i was like oh man wouldn't it be great if this guy did a product design movie yeah and <laughs> and then you did it and it was just like you know i i just can't even imagine the expectation to like to uh you know the hopes and dreams of an, an entire field you know and display what they do in such a succinct way it's like I, I, how did you kind of work with some, with some of those uh pressures um you know, I mean, obviously, like I tried not to not to think about them as as much, and and in in, in, a, in a way, it's um like I'm the audience for the the films, so I'm I'm kind of making them for for, for me. If I'm making the films that I wanna I, I want to watch about these subjects, so I think I think I I try to um, stick with that point of view um, versus trying to think. I don't know what what does somebody in the field want to see or what does you know somebody who knows nothing about the field want to see or or trying to trying to kind of um incorporate you know other people's ideas of what a, a film about product design should be like I mean it's just impossible yeah and and I, and I think the more you try to do that the more you end up with something that's just you know not not cohesive at all so um you know, I don't know if my point of view is the be <laughs> the best or most interesting <laughs> take on these subjects, but it's the only one I've got. And and you know, I think I figured out a while ago that if I like something, there are other people out there who like who are going to like it too. So I, I just don't worry about it after after that. If it's an idea that's that's that I'm passionate about, and it's it's or a way of exploring you know the subject matter in the film that makes sense to me then I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. Like uh, there are other people out there who will get it. And there are a lot of people that, that won't get it. And, you know, you're not in control of that. So it, it's okay. Yeah. What was your knowledge of industrial design prior to objectified? <laughs> um, it was uh, entirely that of a consumer of the products. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I knew some of the big names, you know, like, Jonathan Ive and, you know, Mark Newson and, and, and IDEO and, you know, again, just from kind of being around design, but, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I went in just kind of as a, as an interested amateur, which, um, which, which I think is, is sort of the best, uh, stance to, to, to make a documentary from, um, you know, I know enough to, to, to kind of be able to have conversations with these people. And, and I think they sense that I truly want to know this stuff. I'm not just doing this, you know, because I'm on salary at, at you know, some television station or something. Um, you know, I, like I, I really do want to know um, about their process and, and about their, their, you know, ideas. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, <laughs> I just I just lost I lost that train, but well, no, it's okay. So how how did you kind of get up to speed and figure out what kind of narrative that you wanted to yeah. tell? So, I mean, with, with that film and with all the films, basically, I'll, I'll spend maybe six months beforehand 
uh, just talking to people, just having lunches and, um, you know, uh, meeting with, in, in this case, designers in the field or, um, you know, curators or educators and just kind of get a sense of, of, of what their idea would be for a film about the subject or who they think would have to be in a film about, about product design or industrial design. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I, I think before objectified, I went to the, uh, IDSA national con uh, conference, which I think was in San Francisco that year. And again, just soaked it up, just talked to people, just went to panels, just try to get a sense of like, you know, you know, what's, what's the discourse, um, and what are the issues and what are designers, um, you know, thinking about, uh, and then that's the sort of jumping off point. Yeah. How did you, um, so, you know, you're collecting this data essentially and trying to like figure out where you're going to go with the story. How did you eventually figure out, you know, who to talk to and I mean, I mean, cause basically the world's your oyster at that point. Helvetica is extremely successful. You could talk to anyone you wanted to, I'm sure. Um, how did you figure out who you wanted to talk to and, and where you wanted that story to go? Yeah, well, it was, it was partly, um, again, kind of talking to other people in the field and, and, and sort of asking them, well, like, who are your top five? Like who, who, who has to be in this film for you? Um, in sort of getting a, a kind of a rough list of names and then researching it, you know, on my own and doing a ton of reading and, you know, going to the uh, design conferences. And, you know, if you see people speak or watch a video of them speaking, you know, you can you can pretty much, you know, decide, OK, this person would be would be great to be in the film or, 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 or maybe not. So, um, you know, it's a combination of, I think, you know, people that are sort of legends in the field and people that are, are maybe kind of more, you know, up and coming and people who can really speak well to the subject matter. There's also a, a, a sort of chain effect that once you talk to someone, they're like, oh, well, of course you're talking to so-and-so too, right? Because they know blah, 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 you know. You, you, you get a lot of ideas from each interview and you know, our production process, we don't have a huge budget that we can, you know, just do all the interviews in a month. Um, you know, it takes a year or 18 months to, to complete all the interviews. So I, I have time after each conversation to sort of reassess what we've, what we've already talked about and what we've already, you know, um, filmed and then try to kind of make an adjustment. Well, maybe we need some, you know, to go in this direction a little bit and try to find somebody that, you know, can talk about this and, and, it's it's very much a kind of cumulative uh, process like that. So, you know, as you're progressing, as the film is progressing, like I'm learning more, the film is starting to take shape of its own. And at some point it just really takes a shape of its own. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's part of the process or at least the process that I, um, that I use. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the thing I, I love the most about objectified is when, you ask the designer some form of the question, what is design? And I think you, it seemed like that question sort of got brought up in one way or another for all of the designers. And they each have their, their own kind of wildly different take on how to answer that. And I've not really seen that kind of combined together in, in, a, you know, in a tight little package like that, uh, which is great because I think that's kind of one of the interesting things about design as, as everyone kind of has their own thoughts on it. But sure. 
Um, does that make it difficult to try to string together a, a story about you know what we actually do and we don't have a standard definition for ourselves? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the you know the 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 one question that I that I asked all the everyone in the film, at least the people who are designers, was was what they thought the role of the designer was in this in in our world, and that that was, I think, the one that that um you know those responses definitely you know kind of uh, you know ended up a lot a lot in the film. It's um you know the the conversations are 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 so much longer than what you see in the. In, in each film, I mean, we, we might speak with someone for a couple hours and, and just be, you know, have a really wide ranging conversation. And it's only really when you get that conversation and all the others back in the edit room that you start to see, you know, how, how it, it, it links together and, and kind of you see those sort of patterns and connections between them. And that sort of enables you to sort of, you know, string things together or, or, or make a conversation between these people who weren't necessarily in the, in the same room. Um, so that's, that's, I, I guess, you know, part of how we do it. It's really about editing. Like I don't go into the, the, the film with, with a set, um, you know, thesis or idea. Uh, it, it really comes out of those conversations. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that we're doing the, the, this, this book of all the kind of, unreleased stuff is there's so much more in those conversations. And also when you, when you read the full interviews, I think it's kind of, maybe it's just interesting to me, but if you, if you've seen the film and then you read the complete interview, you get, you get to kind of see how we ended up using the, that, that, um, you know, the, those words from that person. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's not, I mean, well, all the time they didn't just say <laughs> exactly what was in the film in that order. Um, a lot of times we're sort of rearranging things and shifting things around in the conversation um, in order to best kind of fit the film's narrative. So I think it's pretty interesting just from from that perspective to then go back and read the full conversation and see what, you know, how we got to those those quotes. Um, and, and, you know, again, that that's that's really the what we're doing in, in the edit is sort of kind of constructing this, this big conversation between all these people. Um, so I think it's interesting to go back and see the, the raw, the raw material from it. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like you had a, a theme building with the, with the first two movies where, you know, you had a graphic design movie and you had an industrial design movie. And so it seemed sort of natural that urbanize was going to focus primarily on another design discipline, architecture. Uh, but then you you really broaden your interview pool quite a bit for urban eyes to include you know not just architects and urban designers but politicians mm -hmm. artists and citizens uh, talk about that choice yeah well I think that like the design of of a city ha has many more um, you know players than the design of uh, you know an iPhone. Um, you know, it's not just professional designers that are involved or, or even, you know, ordinary people kind of who are giving feedback. There, there's just so many forces at play and so many, um, so many interests and so many uh, agendas, uh, and so many ways that a city gets shaped that it's not just one person sitting down at a, you know, a, a, a drawing board and, and drawing it out. I mean, it can start as that, <laughs> but that never ends up, you know, really, you know, making the, 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 the city. Um, so, so 
it seemed like everybody's a, you know, a, a, a part of that design. Um, we all are just by, the, you know, where we live and how we get to work and, and, you know, like how we go about our lives. Um, we're all you know, somehow subtly or not so subtly shaping the city that we're in. So, you know, that was something that we, we, you know, obviously wanted to kind of incorporate into the film. Um, it couldn't just be a bunch of, you know, star architects talking about, you know, their theories. Um, so, so we kind of tried to, tried to broaden it and there's, there's more, I mean, I think there's more controversy yeah. too in, 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 you know, how cities uh, are formed um, and how they, how they change and, and, and evolve. So that, that was, you know, also something that I think we, we had to kind of reflect. Yeah. You have a, you have a great moment in, in, in urbanized, which I love, which kind of, it's a really good microcosm of that, which is the, um, kind of the struggle going on in Stuttgart, Germany over a new train station. And you have like, on one hand, you've got this group of politicians and urban planners who are envisioning this, you know, this new, uh, 21st century train station that's going to clean up the dated and existing infrastructure and on the surface seems, you know, sustainable and forward thinking. And then you have this large citizen group opposed to the development because it's going to involve tearing down the old train station, which is, you know, everyone loves. It's this old landmark and there's a nearby park that's also going to be torn down. And what I love about that is it really shows the struggle that anyone who designs something goes through. And I mean, not just, you know, like urban planners or architects, but really any designer has to go through that at some point with a client or, you know, something. So I'm wondering, how did you find that particular situation? Well, that was a, um, an interesting one because we found out about that project through Twitter. That was, um, you know, during the making of Urbanized, you know, at several points, I would I would kind of tweet and ask people, um, you know, if there was an interesting urban design project happening in their city. And, you know, we get a lot of responses. And um, someone someone replied, well, it's not a it's, you know, not necessarily a, a kind of DIY project, but it's it's a, there's a very much a DIY resistance to this project. You should come to, to Stuttgart. And um, we. Go, you know, got there two weeks after that, and just happened to be there on the 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 day that kind of all the the violence erupted, and it, you know, with a project like that, or you know, now we've seen it like um, you know, in in other cities like um, like Istanbul and others is like you know, who really benefits from this kind of development? And I think that's maybe the the kind of takeaway for for designers is even if you're designing a you know, a, a, a flyer or a, <laughs> or if you're designing a, a, you know, some sort of a consumer product or you're designing, you know, a, a, a like a, a piece of the city, it's like who, who, who really benefits from it in, in the long, in the long run? Um, and who should, should be benefiting from it? Mm-hmm. Like in a case of the Stuttgart, you know, project, you know, I think a lot of it was just about, freeing up all the this land that the old railroad tracks were on so that the um these developers could build these you know luxury housing and office buildings and all these kind of things it it wasn't just to kind of make it more convenient for for the citizens hmm. and um you know i think i think a lot of times that you know that's the case um so so 
you know, I thought that was an interesting project because a lot of the things that we had talked about in the film up to that point kind of came together in that one, that one project, but it, that's not a unique situation. It happens everywhere. It happened here with Atlantic Yards in Brooklyn. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it happens in every city around the world. Um, you know, unless people get involved in, in those decisions and, and the, in the kind of, um, you know, the planning stages of these product projects, it, it's always going to be kind of pushed through by, by money and by, you know, the kind of commercial developers, um, cause that's, that's what they do. So, you know, if you don't get involved, then somebody else is going to, you know, kind of plan the city for you and make it how they want it. Yeah. So you mentioned your, um, your Kickstarter project that just launched last week and it's the, uh, it's basically the complete interviews from, you know, all the people you talk to for your design trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and so if, if anyone out there is interested in backing it, all they need to do is go on Kickstarter, search for interview, and it's going to be the first thing that pops up. Um, it's got a little icon with like a microphone on it and you can see, you know, <laughs> the names of the, uh, of the movies. Uh, so I, I admit the first thing I wondered was, did you have all those interviews transcribed already? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you know, every editor has a different process. Some of them, it's, I think the more sort of old school way is to transcribe everything and then edit it on paper. Yeah. But most, uh, I, I think a lot of editors now kind of skim through each, you know, section and maybe make notes on what it's about and then kind of bring those, bring the clips in and, and, you know, um, and try to kind of, uh, you know, construct little, little segments of the, of the film, um, which is how most of it, most of the time, how we did it. So, you know, you, you watch everything and you take notes and then you say, okay, this, this is going to be good. Let's, let's bring that, this two minute part in and let's bring this two minute part in. And, you know, you might go from a, a two hour interview down to maybe like 30 minutes of stuff that you think really, um, you know, is really applicable. And then you may take that 30 minute chunk and bring it down to 15 minutes. And then, you know, you start looking at other interviews and trying to figure out how they kind of all, all make sense. So in the end, you know, you get a two hour conversation and we might end up using two or three minutes of it in the film. So there's just so much, um, you know, material that is, that is fantastic, but that just doesn't end up getting used. Yeah. And it's sort of a weird, I mean, it's, it's a byproduct of, of documentary filmmaking, I guess. And it's not specific to documentary, but it's something that, that we go through all the time. There's so much on the cutting room floor that, that you love, but for either time constraints or, or just, it doesn't really fit in. Um, you know, you, you don't end up using it. So, you know, I had a hundred hours of conversations and, um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just started another film and, you know, like I'm, I'm sort of in pre-production on, on, on that, on another documentary. And it just seems like this, I don't know, it really bothered me that all that stuff, all that great, um, those great ideas and the great talks were just kind of languishing on, on, you know, like 40 hard drives. So, yeah. um, I thought the book would just be a, a, a really sort of compact and portable way to, to kind of read, read through all that stuff. Um, and you know, we'll do an ebook version of it as well. But, um, you know, I, I didn't want to just kind of throw it up on, on the web at this point. Um, you know, I still wanted to kind of, 
uh, you know, be able to go through it and, and, and edit it and also to sort of conserve all this stuff, uh, you know, for, for the future. Um, again, there's not, uh, you know, there's been a lot more in recent years, a lot, you know, much more activity in terms of, uh, of people interviewing designers. And you see a lot of video pieces about, about designers now, which is amazing. Um, and, you know, hopefully at some, at some point there's some sort of an archive or, or um, resource that's just got you know hundreds of designers you know video interviews with them and about their process and verite you know filming of them at work and, and all that stuff in it um, and I'd like these all these you know this hundred hours of interviews to be to be part of that somehow so we need to kind of you know organize this stuff and and, and get it into to a, to a place where it's you know it can be accessed online so part of the Kickstarter I guess funding, you know, raising to put out the book is, is sort of really to go back and, and kind of, um, you know, catalog these interviews and kind of, you know, get them ready for, for whatever life they'll have after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've always been, you know, I've always found documentaries fascinating because you're, you're essentially telling these stories by asking questions and, you know, when you're, when you're talking to interviewees, you know, do you frame your questions with a narrative in mind or do you let the interview determine that narrative? Um, I mean, I, th- I think I, I, I let the interview determine the narrative, at least in the, at the first 90% of the interviews. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the process, I think it gets a little bit more strategic because we know kind of what, what holes we need to fill um, in the film. And even the choice of of who to interview last uh, is something that that um, that we think about. Mm. Um, how, do, how do you how do you make that decision? Well, again, you know, at that at that point, you kind of know what you need. Yeah, you know, we need somebody to talk about Jane Jacobs, or we need someone. You know, you, you know where the 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 kind of you know, the, the, the holes are in the, in the arc of the film and, you know, someone who, who can speak to a lot of different things is probably going to be a good last interview because, you know, you can kind of, you know, run the gamut of the ideas in the film and let them talk about all of them and then be able to use that, you know, where, where you need to use it. Um, so, so I think, I think the early interviews definitely are, are just about whatever the, the subject wants to talk about. And I'm, I'm fine with letting people go off on tangents and talk about whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the most important part of interviewing someone on camera is to get them to forget that they're being interviewed on camera. So it, it's as whatever they want to talk about, whatever makes them comfortable, you know, uh, you know, I try to stay engaged in the conversation. I'm not looking at a list of questions while I'm talking to them. I'm just kind of carrying on and letting them, you know, throwing in my opinions as well, which is another thing that you don't really see in the film. Um, but uh, but in the interview transcripts, you, you get a sense of the, the full conversation. Um, but uh but yeah, and that's that's it. You, you're trying to kind of get them to 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 um, to really think beyond the sort of I don't know general answers that they that they always give to these you know about these topics. Yeah. Um, so, so you're not actually uh, you don't ask them questions from a list that you have. 
to get exactly. them relaxed. So how do you, how, how do you, I'm assuming that you've written down a bunch of questions beforehand. Do you memorize that stuff going no, into exactly. it? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't um, write the questions down either. Most of the time, most of the time I'll just have, maybe I'll write down a few topics that I want to talk to them about. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's it. And I, I also try not to over research them as well. Um, I, you know, I, I, I get, I get a lot of information about them, but I, I'm not in there saying it, but in 1987, you said blah, blah, you know, uh, like I, I, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's gotta be a sense of, of, of discovery on my part, as well as the filmmaker, because I think that translates through to the viewer of the film and, yeah. and, you know, uh, when I'm having an, a, an engaged conversation with someone and they're engaged and they're really excited about telling me this stuff, um, when you're watching that person on screen saying it, it, it translates to you. You, 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 you also get engaged. Um, so I think it's, it's, for me, it's more about the atmosphere of the conversation um, than it is really about the content in a lot, a lot of times. Um, you know, I, I think that, that, uh, that, that's really hard to achieve. It might take me a whole two hours just to get, you know, a few minutes of that, of that, you know, uh, uh, point where somebody is, is really engaged and they're passionate and they're really letting it show. And maybe they were kind of very rational and very, you know, very, uh, restrained for the first hour. And then they kind of start to let loose. So, yeah. um, that's part of again why I, I kind of let the conversation go go where where it may. I want them. I want the the person I'm interviewing to feel like they have the freedom to talk about anything, and not just stick to this really narrow you know uh, topic list. Yeah, that's really awesome. I I love that whole uh, yeah. I mean, just that idea of just making it more conversational and and just letting yeah. it kind of happen organically is yeah super cool. I mean, in a sense, you know, since I know I'm only going to get to use a few minutes in the film, it's trying to get the 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 other person you know into that zone just for for a few minutes. And and sometimes while I'm having the conversation, I can kind of, I, I, you know, I'll, the other person will say something. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that's that's going in. You know, you, you sort of know it when you when you hear it. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it's it's so hard because a lot of times. They have to look. People have to deliver the the you know the the lines too. It's 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 hard in film. I mean, not only do they have to say something interesting, but they have to look like they're interested, and and you know, it's all got to kind of come together. Yeah, which is which is why I think in 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 one sense, seeing it on on paper is 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 more honest mm -hmm. um, uh, because you're, you're you're getting the information, and it's not kind of being. I don't know, colored by what's in the background or what the person's wearing or, you know, if they had a bad morning or, or, or anything else. Um, I think it's, it's definitely more, a little bit more of an objective um, way to, to parse it. Yeah. Do you prep your interview subjects before <laughs> talking to them? Um, no, <laughs> that's another thing I don't do. Some people ask for a list of questions, even just written out questions. And I just, I just tell them I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the, I don't know, kind of bigger name, um, uh, people that are, that are in the films, you know, assistants might want a list of questions beforehand, but 
I mean, I just tell them that's not, it's not what I do. You know, here's kind of what we're going to talk about, you know, again, it's pretty vague topics, but, um, that's about it. Generally, most times I haven't met them. I mean, maybe I've talked to them on the phone for, for a couple minutes, just, you know, um, but, but many times I haven't, I haven't met them before. And then, you know, I get to spend this whole day in their, in their studio or having these conversations. And, um, uh, again, there's something, there's something about not, uh, not, not over-researching it and not, not, um, you know, having that sense of, of discovery and a sense of exploration right there when you're having the conversation and not just being, you know, uh, this, this, you know, somebody that, that just knows everything there could possibly could be to know about the subject matter and the person. Uh, in, in a sense, I, th I think you, 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 you get the answers that you, you expect to get if you already know the answers to them. Sure. Um, and that's, that's part of my, you know, I think my, my sort of process of not, not preparing the questions. Like I, I don't know what the questions I want to ask them are until I get in there and we start talking and then I'll think of them. And, and I think it's a much more organic way to, to do it. Yeah. Which of your interviews do you think was the, the hardest to get? Uh, I mean, some of them were hard. I mean, like uh, Rem Kulas was hard. Just a lot of times these people are really, really busy and that, and it becomes, it comes down to that. It ends up being this scheduling game and which can go on for, for, for months, uh, just to, to do, you know, kind of a, a two hour sit down or something with, with the person. Um, I mean that, that, that took, that took a long time. I mean, there, there were, you know, people that we couldn't, that we couldn't get in some of the films that, mm. that we tried for a long, a long time. I remember we tried to get the mayor of Detroit when we were, you know, doing the Detroit kind of um, piece and urbanized and tried for months and tried every kind of side way and, you know, uh, referred by everyone we, we, we knew that knew him and we still couldn't get, get them to get him to do it. So, um, Apple was, a uh, was, also took a while, but again, it was mostly sort of navigating a, a little bit of, of the channels there. Um, you know, I had been asked to come to Apple to show Helvetica to the graphic design team there. So, you know, so I knew some people there and, and kind of knew I could, could kind of at least get um, the idea in front of, of Johnny to, to be in the film. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, and we had a great conversation on the phone. Um, Johnny and I did and, and, then it was just sort of after that it was months of just kind of you know the, the logistics again i think it, most of it is everyone's really busy yeah yeah um you know i i saw this uh this interview you did with design observer um where you were talking about uh interviewing rem kulhas and uh you mentioned you before you had a conversation where you were explaining the the premise of urbanized and its focus on cities, and then the the first thing uh, Rem says is, <laughs> "You know, I'm not really thinking about cities anymore. <laughs> uh, you, you know, now that 51% uh, of uh, people live in cities, what I'm really interested in is these spaces that we're leaving behind in the countryside." <laughs> so, yeah, that's not the first thing you, that you want to hear when you <laughs> into the into the interview, right? Uh, Right. So like when you hear something like that, do you start thinking, am I looking at this the wrong way? <laughs> um, 
I mean, yeah. I mean, because you know, you, you, you know, it's, it's the thing with documentary is there's so much that you can't talk about, and and every time you you hear an interesting idea, you're like, oh my gosh, we we need to. Can we get that? I mean, should that be part of this too? I mean, there's just there's just too much to talk about, especially in a in a um you know a film like Urbanized about design of cities it just there's there's no way you can be comprehensive it's just impossible so you have to kind of take it uh, you know um and 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 think give it some thought but you you can't just try to cram every single idea and every single viewpoint into the into the film i think with 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 um cool Haas, i think i i was just I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so, and then back to, you know, get right back into cities. I think I, I yeah. just sort of, sort of uh, ignored, ignored that and, and kind of plowed on and, and got him talking about it. But Yeah. So I'm imagining something like that. I mean, that's like a perfect thing to, to be put into this book because it kind yeah. of gets you that, that kind of more richer picture. Um, do you what kind of other surprises like that do you think are gonna people are gonna be really kind of interested by? Wow, um, you know I don't know if, if there's you know big big surprises, but um, but you know I just think you get a much more full a much fuller picture of 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 the person and 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 what they do and 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 you know uh, I I just think we have we have to just kind of surgically you know, cut things out of these conversations and use them really out of context. I mean, we try to make it seem like it's all flowing in the film, but really we're just, you know, hacking these things out. Um, so I, I just think it's, it's a much more enjoyable way to, to, you know, to kind of sort of learn about these, these designers. Um, you know, and, that, and I think that's, that's, that's the biggest thing, at least for me. I don't know. I mean, again, I haven't gone back and, and watched a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to going back and digging, you know, spending, I, I think I, I calculated if, if all you did all day was watch these interviews, it would still take you two weeks to, to do it. So that's going to be a, it's going to be a fun two weeks yeah. <laughs> of going back through and, and, and seeing, cause it's, it's just, you end up concentrating so much on what pieces of the conversation you, you are working uh, on in the film that you start to forget about all the other great stuff that, that was in there too. So there, there's a, there's a, there's a lot. Um, and, and again, it was one of those things that was really just bugging me that I, I couldn't just leave it all, um, you know, on, on a bunch of drives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, la last question. Um, it seems, you know, this book is like the kind of the perfect, you know, it's like the cherry on top of, of this kind of, era of your life for you and you've kind of said that you wanted this to be a, a trilogy and then give yourself the opportunity to do other things have have you been thinking about what comes after <laughs> this book or, you know is there is there oh, some yeah. other thing that you're i i think about it all the time yeah i mean I, i'm constantly scribbling down ideas for um for for films that 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 i would want to see um it's just a matter of of which ones make sense to try to to try to make yeah. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm still, like I said, I'm still really interested in design and I'm, I'm sure it will, will kind of come back, you know, in either, you know, documentary film form or, or, or other forms in, 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 in what I'm doing. But, uh, you know, there, there's, it, 
it's all, all the things that I'm interested in, all the things that I want to find out more about, you know, so all, all kinds of sort of, you know, visual arts and music and, and, you know, there's, there's so many other, other areas that I'd, I'd like to make documentary films or narrative films about. So, so I think that's the kind of next, the next point here, like starting, you know, starting a couple new projects that are, that are very different from each other, but, um, but are still in this world of, I think, of creativity and of, of, of communication. I mean, that, that's what I'm, what I'm interested in. Um, and, and there are so many different ways to explore that in documentary film. I mean, it's a great, it's a great job. <laughs> I recommend it to anyone, <laughs> anyone out there, you know, and as designers, I think it's in, in a way you're really well, equi well equipped to make documentaries, <laughs> Um, because it is this, this process of exploration and trial and error and, um, and creative expression. And, you know, you get to learn about a new subject every, every time it's a completely new, um, you know, game each, each film you do. So, so I'm, I'm always excited about, about, um, starting a new film and, um, and, you know, hope to continue that as long as I can. Yeah. Well, Gary, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been awesome. C congratulations on not only the book, but kind of just the whole uh, trilogy. It's been it's been great to see you kind of go through this this journey and kind of bring everyone along with you. It's been uh, great. Right on. No, thank thanks, Don. Thank and thanks for uh, for having me on the on the show. Oh, okay, of course. Thanks again. Have a good day. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Well, that's our show. Uh, many thanks to Gary for being our guest today. You can see his work at hustwit.com. That's H-U-S-T-W-I-T.com. Hustwit. That, that site will direct you to the three films as well as a super cool project that we didn't have time to talk about, uh, the Olympic City, which documents what happens to cities after they host an Olympic Games. Uh, also be sure to check out Gary's Kickstarter campaign, Helvetica Objectified Urbanized, the complete interviews, by going to kickstarter.com and searching for interview. You know, you should totally do what you want with your own money. Obviously it's yours, you earned it. But I don't see how this book doesn't become a critical addition to any designer's library. That's all I'm going to say. You could subscribe to After School on iTunes. Just go to the iTunes store on your computer or the podcast app on your mobile device and search for Core 77 or After School. And when you're there, if you like what you're hearing, give us a nice review so other people can find us as well. Also on Core 77, we include show notes that link you to all the stuff you heard us talking about with Gary. You can follow me and the After School podcast on Twitter at After School. And you can follow Core 77 on Twitter at Core 77. After School's theme song is Introducing Today by Disco Lobos. I'm Don Lehman. Talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.